values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Well, I sure appreciate you spending part of your day with us on the show. Uh, the governor making a decision about the death penalty. And I want to go deeper into this than just whether or not this is what she should be doing, because that's going to be a politically motivated conversation. Um, but the governor said that, the, and I'm going to quote the governor, the court's decisions. Order and warrant make clear, however, that the warrant authorizes an execution. It does not require it. This is consistent with the law and separation of powers between the judicial and the executive branches on this most serious exercise of the power of the state. So the governor's argument is they issued a warrant that said we can kill him, but it doesn't say we have to kill him. And so she says, "Okay, we can, but we're going to wait. So I want to talk a, a bigger about this because I um, I've been kind of I follow I, this sounds so every time I say this I feel like I have to explain myself because it sounds so strange but I have been studying serial killers since I was a kid um, I snuck a copy of the book uh, Helter Skelter which is about the Manson family uh, my mother read the book and told us we couldn't read it so of course I read it and uh, I, I slept with the lights on for about six months and I remember and I don't have a morbid uh, curiosity about death it's not about that it was more about how normal and, and the Manson family was everything but normal, but how relatively normal people that fit into society in many different ways can have such a different personality in life. Um, I just read a story recently about someone that was uh, a, a girl that was on a date. Or I heard somebody talking about this. A girl was on a date with a guy, and she got so creeped out by this guy, she called her brother, and her brother had to come and get her from the date. And she went hid in the bathroom until the brother got there. And then the next day, the brother was getting ready to leave the house and saw a guy running from the house that was hiding in the bushes. And she said, oh, my gosh, that's the guy I was on the date with last night. I guess it was a blind date. Turned out a couple of years later, she saw the guy on TV. It was Ted Bundy. Um, so uh, I, on, the, on the plane here in New York City, I'm, I'm in town doing CNN again for three days. And um, – on the plane, I watched a documentary that I've seen before about the serial killer Eileen Warnos in, in central Florida. Um, and uh, the, the movie was called Monster. And But the, the documentary was about her life and, and all the killings. And she first she said she was it was self-defense. And then she came clean and said, no, I did all this and I was just making that stuff up. And she was out of her mind. She thought that they were using mind control on her in prison and they were using sonic waves to alter her thinking. And she'd kind of lost her mind toward the end of her life when they executed her in Florida by lethal injection. I'm saying all of this because we know that the people that are on death row have committed despicable crimes. But in the case that we're talking about, this guy Gunches in Arizona, this guy not only pled guilty to the crimes, he asked to expedite his execution. Now, outside of this governor's decision, it's been 20 years. It's been over 20 years. And whenever I've watched these documentaries about serial killers um, and some of the most gruesome ones, um, Danny Rawlings in Central Florida that murdered those students at at, um, at uh, University of Florida, Florida, BTK in Kansas, who was uh, just out of his mind and then came back 20 years later before he got caught. Every time you see these these um, documentaries about serial killers, 
They talk to victims' families. There's a show called The First 48 about homicide investigations, and the premise of the show is if you, you know you get you your chances of, of uh, clearing a case dramatically reduce if you don't get a significant lead within the first 48 hours of a murder, and how these cops go into action when someone is murdered, and they they sometimes they work 48 hours straight without sleeping, trying to chase down leads and try to get an answer. But in all of these shows, at the very end of the show, they show the family members of the victims. Usually their children, their parents, their siblings, their, their, their significant other or their spouse. And sometimes it's months and months or years later, and it never goes away. And here you have somebody, and this is just my opinion on the death penalty, is here we have a system in Arizona, and it's this way all over the country, where the perpetrators become the victim. And every time another appeal, every time another court decision has to be made, any time you do these things, the wound is opened for the family. There is no closure. And then when we get to the end of that person's life, let's talk about what happens and and, and how ridiculous we've become with this death penalty. At the end of that person's life, what do we do? We give them their last request for a meal. They get to surround themselves in some in some places. They can be with their family and friends or closest people to them. They get to have a final meal of anything they choose. Now, in the I told you I watched the the one in Florida of Eileen Warno. She was limited to a twenty dollar budget, so she got like Kentucky Fried Chicken or something. But the idea that I want you to think about this from a victim's point of view. You're the family member of someone that was murdered by a serial killer or by someone that's on death row. And they've committed this heinous crime, usually in a way that is unspeakable. It's, it is just the most – you can't believe a human being could do that to another human being. So they sit on death row for 20 years, appeals at our expense as taxpayers, and then when they get to the end of the road and there are no more appeals, we give them a last meal of their wishes, whatever they want to eat. We let them have one night like a king or a queen, and then we take them to the execution chamber. All of that is so that we don't feel guilty because we've taken a life. Now, if we are going to implement the death penalty, and I'm certainly not someone that has a bloodlust of any kind. I, I'm not someone that's bloodthirsty. I don't think we should hang him in the town square and put it on pay-per-view. I just think that if we're going to do this, there should be more of a focus on the victims' families than there is now. Because the victims' families live through every court decision, every appeal, every statement that this person makes for the rest of their lives. And the closest thing they're going to get to closure is when the case is over and they don't ever have to deal with this again. So if we're going to go 21, 22, 23 years before there's justice in the minds of the court, it's justice that this person is put to death. What are we doing? Why are we making these families live out this tragedy over and over and over again for two decades plus? You can talk about the expense of housing them. We can talk about all of that and how, you know, the other side of the coin on this would say, well, if there was no death penalty, if it was just lock them up and throw away the key. We would save so much money in court proceedings with these appeals. It, to me, is more of a moral question. If we as a society believe that taking a life is justice for someone taking a life, then we have to do it. And we have to do it in a way that keeps the victim's families in mind. 
And I will tell you what we do in Arizona and everywhere else in the country is just, to me, is a mess. It's a mess to put these families through this. In, in May, it will be 20 years since my brother uh, perished in Iraq. 20 years in May. It feels like it was yesterday. Now imagine if I had to relive it every couple of years. Imagine if I kept getting notifications of a trial or a, 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 a some kind of court proceeding pertaining to his death where the um, the horrible details of his death, which in, in battle is different than a murder. But, you know, if I had to hear the details of what happened to him that night over and over, if my mother had to go through that, how we would feel. It's just something we have to take into account. That's just all. I just think we need to we need to take that into account. In a moment, we're going to talk about the freedom of speech. Are we being attacked by politicians, both sides of the aisle, trying to limit our free speech? We'll get to that coming up in just one moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Yeah, thanks for being here. I love this conversation. I think it's an important conversation, but the conversation about the freedom of speech, the First Amendment. Um, I, I am very careful in the words I choose when I'm on the air anywhere. I try not to be offensive. I would rather try to make my point without being offensive. That doesn't mean people don't get offended, but I'm not a flamethrower. At least I don't think that I am. And there are many people that are. I don't have a problem with it. It's just not my style. But I am often curious about why you want to shut somebody else's speech down. Uh, I don't care about bad language. If you don't like the bad language, change the station. Um, I, I, I understand. So, you know, you look at the, the, the arguments that parents have made about the direction Disney is going. You look at arguments that parents are making. If you look at the, the network Nickelodeon, which is for kids, I got a shocking update on what Nickelodeon was up to when my youngest was in a preteen. And, um, what you do is you change the station. I, I, that's just how I feel about it. If you don't like what somebody is saying, if you're offended by someone's words, I think stand-up comedy is going to save the world from the cancel culture. Um, I love to watch stand-up comedy. It would be a dream of mine to be to do that someday. I'm never going to happen. But that would be – that to me, they are some of the most talented people on the planet. The Dave Chappelle's of the world, the Ricky Gervais's of the world, the Bill Burr's of the world that say things that are off the wall, controversial. Go back to my day when I was young. Andrew Dice Clay played the character the Dice Man. And that whole act was just that, an act. He was so over the top with misogyny and male chauvinism and his jokes that it was – Hilarious! He was like he was making fun of the absurdity, and most people back then got it. And I know he can still do his act in front of some people today, but not like it was then. It would almost be completely off limits. I bring this up because there are a few places right now. Twitter discloses uh, just some headlines. Twitter discloses another possible government censorship effort. Um, uh, uh, Florida, uh, the state of Florida wants to have bloggers who talk about the government uh, register with the state. Now, I don't know the inside outs of this bill, but, you know, again, I, I think Ron DeSantis would be a phenomenal candidate for president. I, I like Ron DeSant DeSantis um, and the people I know in Florida love him as the governor of Florida. I'm not sure that I like this idea very much at all. An attorney general pushes uh, for state-level ministry of truth. Critics say could jail conservatives who express their mainstream views. This kind of stuff is what gets me. And the reason why it gets me is because who are you to say what someone else can believe? 
you know, I watched a documentary about flat earthers. And I, I laughed hysterically at the documentary. I laughed at it because it, to me, is so inconceivable um, that anybody would believe at this time in the world that the earth is flat. And they did a t- – I don't want to give it away if you want to watch a documentary because it's very funny. But they do a, a test at the end of the documentary to prove the earth is flat, and it fails miserably. And they're up. Oh, well, we're back to the drawing board. There's just no dissuading them. So what is happening with free speech is somebody says something. I want you to hear Russell Brand. Let's go. There. Russell Brand is on the Bill Maher show. And he is talking with an executive from MSNBC. MSNBC is going after Fox for the debacle that's going on at Fox right now that Fox hosts behind the scenes did not believe that the election was stolen, but they said it on the air because they didn't want to lose viewers. And they're in the middle of a lawsuit for over a billion dollars at Fox News right now. But Russell Brand takes issue and says everybody's doing this. Listen to this. John, I've not known you long, but I love you already. But I have to say that it's, it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace, and then also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah. mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. you're, you're on there. Having, you, I went on the show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried <laughs> Morning Joe. Yes. Yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people. All right. So that is Russell Brand saying, and, and it's absolutely the truth. Uh, when you it, it take into account how they cover things, it just is the way it is. Um, just from my personal opinion, I'm in I'm in New York to do shows on CNN this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll be on from uh, 8 to 10 p.m. Arizona time. I don't know which hour I'm on, but I'm on for an hour with Allison Camerata and a panel. They are starting to invite conservative voices on that network again. I don't know how long it'll last, but they realize that they need to change their reputation, that their viewership has gone down the drain. But it's happening in cable news and other places. People don't trust it. But do they have a right to say what they say? They absolutely do. Should the government step in? Absolutely not. Not ever. Not now. Not ever. And you have a right to believe what you believe. And if you believe that uh, ivermectin and, and hydroxychloroquine are cures for COVID, you have a right to believe it and tell your neighbors that you believe it. And if somebody's going on Twitter to get their medical advice, do it at their own peril. We have got to stop silencing people that we disagree with. People have a right to speak. It, it's just it's fascinating to me. Coming up in a moment, um, education. We're going to talk about what is happening in our schools once again. And uh, there's some unbelievable things that are going on and what just might be due, how we might end the teacher shortage. All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. So stick around.
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, here's a contest you're going to want to enter. You can win lower-level tickets and a pair of Kevin Durant jerseys to watch Kevin Durant, watch KD play his first home game as a Phoenix Suns player. You do this by texting KD to 411923. Someone's going to win a great prize. It happens on Wednesday. They play the Thunder. Just text the text the, uh, the letters KD to 411923. All right, let's talk about education. A couple of things I want to catch you up on. Teacher shortage, we all know it's there. We're going to get to answers in a moment. But there is a bigger thing here. There's a story that's written about Arizona legislators banning books to restricting bathrooms. Lawmakers push new rules for Arizona classrooms. And so Mary Jo Pitzel wrote this over the Arizona Republic, and it, it, it talks about some of the things legislators are trying to change in our public schools. Um, we can do this until we're blue in the face. But until we have more parents involved in knowing who they're electing, and I will say this to the credit of parents, that when when parents saw things they didn't like in education, they came out and were, were starting to do things about it, school board meetings. There was – I want you to hear this is part of the battle. I talked about this story last week. That a school board member in the Washington Elementary School District, who is an activist, an LGBT activist, um, they were very upset when they found out that there was a five-year contract with Arizona Christian University. And Arizona Christian University was sending its students into the classroom there for training, so they had classroom training as uh, educators, as student educators. And uh, they have ended that contract because the Christian University stance that marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, again, they're not teaching any of that in the classroom, but they didn't like that. So someone asked them for a statement, a request for a statement. I want to read the statement to catch you up for the direction we're going. The Washington Elementary School District's governing board is committed to creating a welcoming environment for all of our students and families and staff. While we recognize the right of individuals to practice their faith, public schools are secular institutions. To that end, the board unanimously voted to discontinue its partnership with Arizona Christian University, ACU, whose policies do not align with our commitment to create a safe place for our LGBTQ plus students, staff and community. This is not a rejection of any particular faith as we remain open to partnering with any faith based organizations that share our commitment to equity and inclusion. Equity and inclusion is including everyone, even the people that disagree with you. It wasn't ACU. It wasn't Arizona. A Christian University that said to the Washington School District, as long as you have board members who are LGBTQ and you and you um, fight for their ideals, we're not sending our students into your classroom. It was the other way around. Who are the discriminators here? So let's start there. The first thing I told you is that Arizona educators are trying to figure out how to end a 25 percent teacher vacancy. It's a big story that was just written the other day. This is from a three and channel three and five from AZ AZ Family. So you've got the the Arizona um, Arizona School Personal Personnel Administrators Association and a survey that there's a 25 percent teacher vacancy across the state. We can get into the moral argument here of the of people in the classroom. And now I want to go to a phase two of that. So the Scottsdale Unified School District is seeing improvement in test scores. Thank God for that. They have spent a little bit less money in instruction. We're talking a minute amount in percentages, but they are seeing good test scores. We're happy. I mean, everybody should be happy to hear that. Uh, 
Um, but I want you to hear something else. This is what parents are fighting. Scottsdale United. Teachers viewing lewd sexual images in view of students is not a fireable offense. So here's a story. There is a, a, a PE teacher at Arcadia High School named Michael Hudnut. And um, he was videotaped by students through a glass window in an office of very scantily clad women in sexual positioning. Um, again, listen, I'm not a prude. People that know me know I'm not a prude. And by any stretch of the imagination, am I a prude? But he's in the boys' locker room in his office in the view of students who he didn't know were watching, videotaped him through a window, not looking at porn. Nobody's completely naked. Is this something? What did this deserve? What is what is? But the fact that there are people fighting this and saying um, that said he's in the boys' locker room in the view. They view him through the glass, and you can see the Arcadia logo in the background. Uh, parents believe that Mr. Hudnut was briefly suspended from teaching in December of 2022. However, in January of 23, he was back on campus leading classes, including freshman girls physical education. This is where the battlegrounds. There is a there is. Is a moral or a, I shouldn't say moral. There is a culture war that is going on in education. There's you can't argue with it. You've got board members in an elementary school district who are talking about and what in the world does LGBTQ plus stuff have to do with elementary school? The answer is nothing. And instead of focusing on what they need to be focusing on, they're focusing on that. There's a 25 percent teacher shortage across the state of Arizona. What are they doing? They're saying to Arizona Christian University, by the way, go look up the quality of education students get at that school. Look it up. I'm, I am. I am as. I am more familiar with Arizona Christian University than I am with any other college in the state of Arizona. I used to do all of their electrical work. I used to. I took a class there. Um, I know the people that run the school. I knew people in the office for years. This is a quality place with quality people, and the atmosphere on that campus is one of love. Is one of of um, friendliness. I mean, it, it's a great place. Whether you agree with their beliefs or not, it's a great education. And they're educating educators, teachers that are desperately needed in Arizona. And you've got one elementary school district that's saying, nope, we're ending our partnership with you. And they put out a statement to that fact. Now, I don't know how you reconcile that. You are saying we're ending a partnership with you because you might go after your beliefs don't align with ours. So you're out. Because you discriminate against LGBTQ plus people. No, they aren't. They're in the classrooms. They're in your classrooms. You did this for five years and had no idea that this was even there until you saw it on their website. Then you ended the partnership. Uh, there is, There are so many questions. And one of them is, who are the discriminators? Who are the ones that discriminate against people they disagree with? The answer in this school board is the school board. They don't like that ACU believes in a traditional marriage. Now, whether you care about two men or two women getting married or not, that's what the university has on its website. 
and you don't want the teachers when we're short. That's how much they despise this way of thinking. As far as we know, ACU didn't protest in front of the school. ACU didn't say, you better change the way you think or we're out of here. You went to them and said, you have to change the way you think or you're out of here. And I hope parents stand up and line up at their next school board meeting and, and, and cry out for answers. I hope they do it civilly, and I hope this gets national attention because this is the culture war on education. Kids can't read. Kids can't perform math skills. We are well below 50% in all those areas, and yet members in an elementary school district think LGBTQ plus issues go over the top and, uh, and, tr- and transcend having educators in the classroom when you're short-staffed. Anybody out there that thinks this was a good decision by the school board, I'd love to hear from you. I would. Because this is absurd as far as I'm concerned. And now that you've got a teacher, it's just the whole thing is just maddening because we're letting our kids down. It has nothing to do with my political views on anything. You hear me talk about marriage? I always tell you the government shouldn't be involved in the marriage business. That's my stance. But this is politics at its worst. Coming up in just a moment, um, we are going to talk about uh, – we've got so much going on. We're going to talk about COVID-19 and its origins and another big breaking story. So all that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us here. Um, The reason why I'm even bringing this topic up again is because it has become such a much bigger story now. Um, And what I'm talking about is the origins of COVID-19. How important is it for the world to know the origins of COVID-19? There are a couple of different conversations here in the U.S. One of them has to do with silencing people, Um, you know, people being silenced uh, for their views. This, to me, was one of the biggest issues was that if you disagreed with someone, you were you were ostracized. This is where I think people need to learn their lessons. Um, there are people now that are in, in the news business that are that are journalists that are feeling the heat because they came out and just said it's it, the idea that this was leaked from a lab is just utter nonsense. It's been debunked and they were adamant about it. And now it's coming back to blow up in their faces. Many people believe this. China continues. Here's a headline. This is from Politico. China continues to block efforts to determine COVID's origins, lawmakers say. Um, emails Here's another one. This is my favorite headline. Emails allegedly show Fauci commissioned a paper to disprove the lab leak theory back in 2020. The disagreements we have as Americans many times are fairly easy to figure out. If we stop demonizing each other, if we stop hating each other long enough, you can see why there is a segment of society, which I listen, I didn't subscribe to, by the way. That believed there were alternatives that were available that helped with COVID. Whether you like them or not, they were made out to be animals. They were killing people. Again, whenever you have a situation where um, people don't like it, they make it dangerous. They call it dangerous. Then they marginalize those people. Your opinions about COVID, if you were someone that thought ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were viable options, you were dangerous because people were going to die because of what you said. So we can't allow you to say it. Can't be on social media. If it ever does get on social media, it's covered up with that thing that says this has been debunked. This has been fact-checked. Find out why it's been fact-checked before you look at the post. It's absurd. 
But if you look at how we've changed and how things have morphed and how idiotic some of our policies still are, no one's got it figured out. No one has any of this figured out. Novak Djokovic has pulled out of another uh, tennis tournament. He was number one in the world. Withdraws from the BNP Open um, because he can't get a visa because he won't get vaccinated. So he's pulling out of another tennis tournament. The absurdity of the way we do things here in the U.S. with this issue, just this issue, this is where it makes the average person crazy. If you fly, and I'm talking about as an American citizen, if you go to Mexico on a vacation by, by airplane, when you fly back to the U.S., you have to show a, a negative COVID test. Um, if you have a visa, if you have, have gone through the process to get a visa to come to the U.S. and work before you get off the plane and you can go to work with a visa doing it the legal way. You have to present a, that you've been fully vaccinated. And that, that still exists. That's why Novak Djokovic is, is out of this tournament. But you look at the border of the U.S. and you look at who's crossing into this country. They've never had such a requirement. Never once. Millions of people over the last couple of years crossing into our country and lining up and demanding a hearing demanding that they get asylum in this country. No such requirement for those people. If you walk across the border or drive across the border, you don't have to have the requirement either. So apparently when they say that that it's airborne, they mean in airplanes. It's the only place you can get COVID now. But China continues to block the uh, the origins of we understand why they would have a vested interest in if it did come out of a lab if it was leaked out of a lab that we know that they have a vested interest in keeping the idea that it happened from bats in a in a wet market and then it jumped to humans they have a they have a big interest in that because the whole world could turn on them and say hey listen everybody you are the ones that leaked this out of one of your laboratories you owe the world a few trillion dollars and what would it what would be the repercussions against China if it was found out that somebody careless in a lab leaked this? And this is the bigger part of that. After the lag, lab leak happened, why they didn't say anything to the entire world and why they covered up their statistics of of how sick people were getting and how many people were getting ill. These are all part of the questions. But when you look at the differences in policy that don't make any sense and when you look at now Dr. Fauci, who had a vested interest in all of this. And now he had his paper penned. Why do you think people don't trust what they're being told? You don't have to agree with them. Nobody has to agree that ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine is a remedy for these issues. You don't have to believe it. But calling somebody else crazy for believing it, for blocking them on social media, deleting their accounts, deleting their posts, pushing them down, shadow banning them, that doesn't make any sense either because now what we're hearing about the lab leak theory, it's now coming back. And you know what? There's a pretty good chance that that was true. And look how we treated people that disagreed with us. Look how we treated people that disagreed with us on ivermectin, a horse dewormer. It is. It is. Uh, it's. Uh, and I may do that. I may let you hear this a little bit later. Russell Brand uh, talked about this. I may, if I have some time later, I might uh, get it out there so you can hear it. But it's interesting to me how all of this is going. Uh, what we're going to do coming up in the next hour is um, we're going to talk about inflation. We're going to go back to the economy. We are concerned about inflation, but is it the White House? Is it their key? 
item or are there more things that take precedent? We'll do it in a few moments.